come. We ought to just use that as the intro. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think we are. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Coming to you this time from Flyby West Studios in lovely rural pastoral Brentwood, Tennessee, that's Studio A, and Studio B, San Luis Obispo, California. I'm your host, Nate Larkin, here with our fearless, peerless engineer, Mondo Grimes, uh, Spider-Man, Newton Domini, <laughs> <laughs> and out uh, on the left coast in Studio B, the Commodore, Aaron Porter. How you doing, Aaron? I am doing great. Yeah. Fall weather for a week, and I loved it. And now we're back to hot. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. I've got a new part-time job going on that I am enjoying. Uh, can, can I can I air a grievance on the air though? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, make sure. sure the windows we, are open. We, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mondo, can you explain to our listeners uh, what BMI and ASCAP and CSAC are? Uh, yes. Just in brief. Okay, uh, these companies are performance rights organizations for uh, the music business and publishing. So, for instance, if uh, every time a song is played on the radio, uh-huh. a movie, uh, any performance, right. they track it and make sure you get paid for it if you are the creator of it. Okay. Right. Or, uh, or if you are the, the one of the top 200 most selling artists, then they will take everybody else's money and give it to them. Uh, <laughs> so they are licensing... Yeah. Organizations, yeah, but they are also, and, and I feel okay saying this at this point after okay. the last week. They are utter bullies to small businesses. Oh. I would. And I have lost. That. I have lost a second gig because of these people uh, threatening to sue, and and there's you know three organizations are all making you got to pay each one for licenses. Right. If you want to know how nefarious it is, do you remember about ten years ago, uh, ASCAP tried to force campgrounds to pay for licenses just in case people were playing covered songs around campfires. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh, that, that wow. That ended up being a, a bit of yeah. a PR nightmare for them because yeah, that's yeah. just going too far. But yeah. that's the level to which they are hunting down yeah. who's not giving us money. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they, and, they, call, uh, they, they, call, they have a licensing department per company, uh, and their job 24-7 is to hunt down small businesses and, uh, and individuals who are performing songs written by their affiliates. Right. Right. And to make you pay a license fee to perform that at a school, a campfire, a climbing uh, gym. A, yeah, a, any sort of small yeah. business, I've small run into them. whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty so, How about singing in the shower? Does that count? I mean, I I Oh, if it depends on who's in the shower. If they could pull it off, they would. <laughs> it depends yeah. on who's singing in the shower with you. Oh, okay. All right. So. Okay. If you have so an my, audience. So my, my frustration <laughs> yeah. is definitely is for myself, for sure, because yeah. it loses me jobs. Yeah. But it also, I mean, this is the second small business I've seen that they would pay a reasonable amount. Yeah. Right. But what they're being asked to pay, they they do not make it back because they're not a music club. People aren't just coming for music. They're right. coming, you know, they're little wine bars. Right. Um, and they only do it like twice a week. And if you're and playing so, cover songs, they... Yeah, if you're performing someone else's music, they yeah. have to have a license for you to do that. Right. Is that well, so? And, yeah. and even even if they say, I'll only do originals, they still try to make you, right. even though legally they can't, they still say, well, there's no guarantee, so you really 
you need to get the license anyways. Uh, or we will send people in to listen, and for every cover song that slips in, uh, it's going to be a ten to fifteen thousand dollar fine. Yeah, per song. Uh, yeah. So what? Anyways, yeah. I just yeah. I feel like there must be people in our in our neighborhood, uh, our internet neighborhood of friends that can help find some solution. Uh, but I know there's not because it's gone on for decades. Yeah. 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 But but I wish for these poor small business owners uh, that there was a solution. So that's all I have to say. We won't, you know, this isn't ASCAP BMI uh, Wednesday. No. I hear you. I want, I want listeners to be aware of that for yeah. their local uh, local little shops. So you won't be playing Stairway to Heaven tonight at the wine bar in <laughs> San Luis Obispo. <laughs> Is that what's happening? That, that's what the world will be missing out on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> How's it going for you, Mr. Larkin? You know, uh, we, we, have, uh, we have a touch of autumn here as well. And, uh, you know, life is good. Allie and I have had uh, several weeks at home. We're going to travel this weekend. We're headed out to Asheville, actually Montreat, North Carolina, hmm. to speak for a men's conference. And we'll be hit, hitting, the, uh, hitting the mountains uh, to see the colors. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll be in, in Asheville, which is the East Coast Napa of beer. So yeah. I am looking forward yes. to a visit to that town. Yes. I, I can send you with a shopping list. Meanwhile, if today, uh, if it's uh, if we're airing grievances, if that's what we're doing, yes. my current grievance, grievance, it has nothing to do with ASCAP BMI. Uh, uh, it's moles, moles oh. in oh. my yard. Moles? I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I have so many moles in my yard. It's insane. I it's can like send a my Disneyland of moles. Yeah, I, uh, and then every dog that comes over digs holes in my yard yeah. trying to catch the moles. So it's basically a lunar landscape now instead of a lawn. Uh, so this will make you feel better, Nate. What? When I first started dating my wife in high school, uh-huh. the first time I met her dad, he said, hey, you know, there was this, uh, this family of moles, and they smelled something in, down in their hole, and it was, it was coming in, and they said, it's delicious smelling. So, so mom and dad climbed up to the top, and they were sniffing around. Do you smell that? Yeah, it smells like... Smells like pancakes. This is, and and their little baby mole, little little child, was down there trying to get past. And he couldn't get up. And the dad says, "Son, do you smell them pancakes cooking in the house?" And he says, "No, I can't smell the pancakes, but I can sure smell the molasses." Oh <laughs> wow! Ah, that was there. It is. There's your mole awful. joke for uh, the day. Yes, it was a long way to go I'll for say, not much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will be here all and week. And you managed to turn your wife into jokes. it. I, yeah. I did. I had. To, well, it can't be my fault. Oh right? my god! If I didn't bring that part in, that, that joke terrible. is my fault. Okay. That's I feel so like I you, should Dick be Weldon. paid to have had to listen to that yeah, joke. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, people are going to be going around all day today telling that joke to their friends because they know it just makes them cooler. That's right. Man. Molasses. Well, what's new and uh, exciting there, Mondo? Oh, man. Uh, transition mm-hmm. is, is, is good. Um, You're tra- looking like you've had some sleep. Yeah, I, I slept quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> this past week. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of sleep, a lot of tra- uh, transitions going on right now, but yeah. things are good. Uh, been reconnecting with a lot of brothers, man, uh, over the last uh, four days. Good. And uh, didn't realize I kind of pulled out mm-hmm. as much as I did. Yeah. And uh, so it's been good to reconnect with a lot of people and, uh, you know, check in and, you know, just it's like, man, you sit with somebody like, man, I haven't seen you in six months. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, and then I said, with yeah. another person, man, I haven't seen you in four months. It happens so slowly. We get drawn away by busyness, by work. You right. have a very high demand job. You're building a brand new business. Right. Yeah. And yeah. You, and uh, that brotherhood fellowship slips away. Yeah. A little at a time. Yep. 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 So it was good to uh, reconnect this week, and I'm still continuing. Have uh, after after the podcast today, have mm-hmm. another and. So it's good, man. Things are cool, just in transition. You know, uh, transition from one thing to the next, but in the middle, kind of sucks a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but even in that that middle space, it's good, man. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, good week so far. Good week. Cool. How Newton? are you, Newton? Ah, uh, well, my wife is still pregnant. Nice. <laughs> good. Uh, so we're we're doing all that stuff and looking at the calendar, and I'm realizing that. I have no free time between, well, about six weeks ago, and when when the kid shows up. Right. Um, when when is the kid showing up? What's what's the date? January twenty first is what the doctors tell us, mm. or what the midwives wow. tell us. Um, so yeah, it seems like because I think I found out around maybe six seven weeks is when Brooke told me. I think yeah. that's about right. Um, and so we're at twenty four now, so it's been give or take fourteen to sixteen weeks. Yeah. And that's gone by really fast. Yeah. And we're 16 weeks from week 40. Uh-huh. And the panic has set in. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. Like, oh, no. Th- that That's too fast. Like, you got to hold on. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keep you, him in there a while. Yeah. You got you to wait. Where's the, where's the pause button? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can come out when they're shaving. And that's only the girls. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but th- things are good. We we bought a crib a couple of weeks ago, oh, and nice. uh, you know we're looking at uh, paint colors and all all that kind of thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not all fun, but we're doing it together. Yeah. Um, which isn't always fun, but we're still doing it together. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's good. I signed up for another twenty five k race that I'm gonna try to do at the end of December. And good for you. Going to Utah. Next week? Do I go to Utah? I go to Utah next week. Wow. Um, so On I've never, yeah, I've never okay. been to Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna see how much of their three percent beer I can drink. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? So uh, yeah, but th- things are good. But it's you know just like last week. There's that realization that things are really, really full, and I want to call that good. Mm-hmm. But it. I've got to really be aware of too much and being responsible in the areas I've got to be responsible and sure. Um, but yeah, things things are pretty good. Uh, yeah, man. Only only minor things to complain about. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, uh, the podcast has taken a lot of interesting turns here in the last couple of weeks. So much is new. We've got our our new executive producer, Leanna Newby, doing a great job lining up guests for us. And mm-hmm. Yeah giving us feedback and suggestions and taking us to the next level. We're so grateful for Leanna. Uh, we're sitting in our new studio here. Yeah. Hey, hello. Yeah. Straight out yeah. of Architectural Digest. Is yeah. this nice <laughs> or what? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable through the generosity of uh, Fly By West. Uh, and uh, we got, and we're, 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 we're lining up those guests. Who we yeah. have coming next week? So next week we've got Christian Isaacson. And my guess is most of you guys don't know who he is. Yeah, no, he's the guy that wrote Wicked Game, right? What a wicked game. Uh, make me feel this way. Uh, I just wanted Wait you to keep going, but that's not it. Okay. Oh, that's, <laughs> but, but now we owe money Chris? to ASCAP. Thank you. <laughs> Damn. Come on. <laughs> 
Okay, now that okay. was that was no. Chris Isaacs. Right. We are not having Chris Isaacs. We're okay. having not to Christian my knowledge Christian Isaacson. Yeah. Um, I've known about this guy for about a year, and I've been talking with him on off and on for about a year. He is an uh, an ultra athlete, which is different, or an ultra man, which is different than an Ironman. Okay, uh, this okay. means that he does uh, ultra distances in Ironman triathlon type events. So he won't just go out and run, say, a 26.2 marathon and whatever that swim is plus a 100-mile bike ride. No, that's for pansies. He'll do that seven days in a row, like, <laughs> in, in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the guy, the guy's, he's a believer. Um, he, like, that's his website, his website leads with I am nothing. Yeah, and oh, I am nothing. Oh, nice. I, everything oh. he does is not about him. He raises money for a, a group called the Amina Project. He works with Triple X. Okay. Um, he's a wow. super guy. Um, wow. I, I'm excited to talk to him because, like, he does my long run for his warm up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. That's next week, and we've got yeah. a great guest coming up for this week. But first, I think we'll take a break and then come back and do a do a quick mini meeting. Yep, let's do it. We'll be back in a minute here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yo ho yo ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, we plunder, we rifle and loot. Break up, me hearty yo ho. We kidnap and ravage and don't give a ho. Break up, me hearty yo ho. Yo ho yo ho, a pirate's life for me. All right, and we are back on the Pirate Monk podcast. Nice. Yes. I've, man, that's a lot of practice I need on that. Uh, and we're gonna do a mini meeting. Uh, so we've round now. This is awesome. That's it. We've now reached. Yeah, yeah we have now reached <laughs> the share. I can talk, but I can't read. Uh, we have now reached the sharing portion of our meeting. In sharing, we speak honestly out of our own experience. We tell the truth about ourselves, knowing that our brothers will listen to us in love and will hold whatever we say in strictest confidence. We try to keep our comments brief, taking care to leave plenty of time for others. We address our statements to the group as a whole rather than directing them toward any one person. As a rule, we refrain from giving advice to others or instructing them during the meeting, believing that those conversations are best reserved for private moments between friends. The suggested topic today is trust. But we're not confined to that subject. You may speak about any issue that is currently commanding your attention, and the floor is open. Armando. Hey, Armando. Trust. Um... This past week, um, I've been sitting on my porch every morning about uh, six, from like six thirty to about seven fifteen or so, and um, I have a view on my front porch of the foothills of mm-hmm. Franklin, and uh, and uh, been reading Proverbs one over and over and over and over, and um, it describes my life the last six months, um, and. And I realize in, in reading that that I've been uh, trusting my God-given ability versus the one who gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been quite humbling uh, in realizing that, uh, you know, as much as I want to trust myself and my ability, it's probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there has to be a balance with that, you know. Um, I, I find myself... Uh, not really trusting the Lord as much as I should and not uh, trusting the brothers in my life that the Lord put in my life. Um, say, yeah, you know, I, I, I got you guys. Hmm. I trust that I heard what you said. 
<laughs> again, it comes back to me again. And uh, so I've been kind of unraveling all of that uh, selfishness and pride and and uh, really looking at man, who, who and what do I trust hmm. and uh, and why do I trust that? Hmm. Why do I trust myself? Why, no, why did I trust myself? Why didn't it work? Um, and, uh, and looking at who I need to trust, man. And that's really been um, a paradigm shift for me. And this is kind of, not a paradigm shift, let me take that back, more of a, just a realignment. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's, been, it's been huge for me this week um, and just in my, my time and, and, uh, and trusting that I need to sit and be still to listen and not always be in the noise and hope I'm being directed while everything is crazy. Mm-hmm. I need to sit and listen and trust that that's where the instruction will come, not necessarily as I'm in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's for me right now. That's a it's a big a big deal for me this week. Uh, it needs to continue continue to be that, but this week has been pressing pretty hard. So uh, I'm Mondo. Thanks, Thanks Mondo. Mondo. I'm Newton. Hey, hey Newton. Uh, I think of like I guess what's top top of mind for me with trust is trust within my Silas relationship, hmm. and you know how how easy it is for me when I check in and I try to check in. Every, every day, at least weekdays, um, but how easy it gets for me to let that conversation or just the voicemail that I leave go from something where I am trusting my brother to care for me and I'm giving him real details mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, my real, my real full self, um, how easy it is for me to go from that kind of trusting talk to the normal high level worthless check-in mm-hmm. you know the the things are good mm-hmm. check-in not mm-hmm. okay things can still be good but i woke up sad this morning mm-hmm. and i don't know why but i'm sad so that's where i am mm-hmm. and uh that makes me want to do this mm-hmm. this is what i'm doing but this is what it makes me want to do and having that level of trust with my brother with my silas and being vulnerable in that way um allows him to best to best care for me. Yeah. And if I don't do that, and it's easy for me to not do, if I don't do that, then he doesn't really know. And and he doesn't have that trust in me. Yeah. Because if he then hears me, I don't know, share in group or you know something goes wrong, and I have you know I have a confession for him later, it comes totally out of left field. Yeah. And so like, for for me and my Silas relationship, I have to continually fight that that voice that says, well, don't trust him, you know, keep it high level, uh, you know, don't give him the, the guts. Yeah. Um, I have to continually fight that mm. um, to make sure that that relationship works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that it's beneficial for both of us. Because uh, if I don't, if I don't trust him, if I don't trust myself, if I don't trust God in that relationship, I'm wasting everybody's time. Yeah. I'm wasting my time. Maybe maybe I'm not wasting his time, but I know I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I am with trust. I'm Newton. Thanks, Newton. Thanks, Newton. I'm Nate. Hey, Nate. Hey, Nate. Uh, you know, this week I was doing some step two work uh, utilizing the curriculum that Prodigals International has. And we'll be talking to Steve Delaney from Prodigals here pretty soon. Um, 
uh, step two in the twelve-step model is you know uh, made a decision to turn our will. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore mm -hmm. us to sanity. It's all about our conception of God. It's a skip. It, it, it's a step that it's easy for Christians uh, to skip over because we figure, hey, you know, I got this. I, I took this step when I was five. You know, I've always believed in God. Always been to Sunday school. You know, uh, but it's a it's a step in this workbook that I was doing that was really con uh, focusing on our concept of God. Mm -hmm. uh, God is who he is, but with own, within my experience, he's limited by my understanding of him, right? I limit him. I limit uh, what I'm able to apprehend of his attributes by what I actually believe he is. So one of the things that, they, uh, that, the, that this uh, workbook did was it gave me a whole list of adjectives and asked me to pick out the ones that, in my mind, it said, don't give, a, don't give us the Sunday school answer. It's not what the preacher told you or what you said when you were the preacher. Uh, it's not what you know intellectually be true, but what do you feel is true about God? So kind of an emotional reaction, what resonates. And so here's this whole list of adjectives, and, and uh, some of them are uh, kind of on the angry side, uh, you know, demanding, uh, vengeful, punishing. Uh, some of them are uh, really just grace-filled, loving, accepting, warm, understanding. And then uh, there's this other group kind of mixed in, and, and they are uh, more like a remote, uh, disinterested, uh, uh, unavailable <coughs> uncaring. And I found that although I know intellectually that that's not the case, if I answered, if I picked out the ones uh, that match my emotional experience to God, I found myself circling the, that last bunch, the ones about the distant, uh, uninterested, disinterested God. So later, later on in the workbook, they said, you know, so let's do a little analysis. Let's see what you picked. Uh, if you pick the fuzzy, warm, kind, caring ones, you're not an addict. Because uh, God is easy for you to trust. You trust him. Uh, if you believe he's, he's angry, you got, you've got a real problem. And you're, you're probably in the toughest spot if you believe that he's uncaring and disinterested. Uh, because when it comes down to it, recovery is a trust issue. Who are you going to trust? And uh, and I look back over my life, and you know, uh, it has. It, I got the message early on that um, you know authority figures have a lot on their minds. They have a lot to do. Uh, I was raised in a home where the behavior of children was important, but children themselves were not that important. Uh, uh, and I didn't feel as though uh, adults were really interested in what I was feeling and what I was wanting and what I was thinking and what I was needing. Uh, it was kind of this benign neglect. And I, I don't want to sound... Uh, 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 and I, by the way, I developed, I adopted that same parenting style myself. So I don't mean to... You know, I don't want to say bad things about my parents. They took care of our material needs and they 
you know, watched our behavior, that kind of stuff. But it was easy for me to conclude that um, I've got to look out for myself because nobody else is really going to look out for me. I've got to meet my own needs because nobody else is going to meet them for me. If I don't find a way to meet my needs, they won't get met. That's a trust issue. Um, and I'm grateful to be moving along the continuum toward a greater trust uh, of, of uh, our Heavenly Father. But I was well aware that I still have a, a significant distance to go. There's a big part of me that still does not trust that I have a father who always sees me, who is uh, committed to my um, care, always has my good at heart, and uh, you know is working for my good. I know it to be true. I can preach it, uh, but feeling it is something different. Oh. And my recovery is tied up in my ability, uh, my willingness. Uh, to trust. Thanks. Thanks, Nate. Well, I don't want to share after that. I just want to think about that for a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. You wrecked my sharing time, Nate. <laughs> I think what Nate said was good. I'm Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Now that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust uh, what what Newton was talking about. Uh, I have I have a new Silas, and. Uh, it's it's been nice. I I do trust him. Uh, we have started a new group in town, and so you know you're, we're in those early stages of trusting. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the question that has come up for me a number of times in the last few weeks is, what do I have to lose? Uh, I can I can fake trust. I know I can bring just enough truth in uh, to people that they feel like, geez, he went really deep, but it wasn't the deep stuff that I'm really need to trust others with. Yeah. Uh, so that question that's been coming to my mind: Hey, what do what do you have to lose by just bringing the whole thing? Uh, has has been haunting me. Has been chasing me recently yeah and, and the answer is uh there are so many times that i don't fully trust i only give safe and controlled trust hmm. when i only had things to gain by letting go yeah and going all the way uh it it does point to the i still want to keep a certain image going about who i am hmm. uh, and that's the biggest fear is okay if i fully trust others will see me other than this person that I'm that I'm trying to craft that I've been sculpting for years. So that's what trust makes me think right now. And I, I hope to have that question echoing in my mind for a little while until I start making very clean choices where trust is indeed trust. That's it. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. All right. Well, good meeting, fellas. We'll be back with our guest on today's episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast.
me And gravity Wants to bring me down Oh, I'll never know What makes this man With all the love That his heart can stand Dream of ways to throw it all away. Whoa, whoa. Gravity is working against me. So we're back on the Pirate Monk Gravity. Podcast. Time now for uh, our guest, and we are so privileged to have with us on the show today the president of Prodigals International, Steve Delaney. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Nate. Uh, now, you're up there in, uh, in sunny Seattle. <laughs> it actually has been a beautiful, uh, beautiful summer, beautiful summer, and it seems to be continuing. So we're oh, lucky. We're that, lucky. It's usually not this way. We're pretty. We're pretty wet up here. But. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, Steve is a licensed mental health counselor and a certified sex addiction therapist, uh, and you have been developing uh, a faith-based twelve-step recovery program for for how long? So, yeah, so uh, Prodigals International has been around since uh, early, late 90s, actually. Um, we started to develop this curriculum, uh, you know, first revisions of the, or first start on the curriculum back in, yeah, late 90s. Wow. Had oh, a couple, uh, had, had, go ahead. Were there many other things out there at that time uh, as far as faith-based 12-step programs? You know, obviously this is before Celebrate Recovery. and Celebrate Recovery, Pure Desire. Um, you know, there may be some other ones that were available, but not a whole lot. You know, there have been some books written. And the founder of the organization, uh, Pat Means, um, he wrote a book, um, I want to say it was in 97, called Men's Secret Wars. And so there was a, he was sort of, there was already sort of a movement on his part uh, to work on this. And then we started to build the curriculum in the late 90s. Uh, really started with a group of guys that were going to uh, Sexaholics Anonymous meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted something faith-based, and there really, you know, there really wasn't anything that uh, sort of mirrored the the twelve-step. There were some great twelve-step Christian books, but yeah. there weren't really books that specifically focused on this issue around sexual purity and the sexual wholeness. I wonder if uh, you could tell us a little of uh, your story, Steve. How did you find your way into this field? What brought you to this kind of work? Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey for me. I uh, actually um, was introduced to Prodigals International and our uh, our men's program in um, 2001. My own journey, my own recovery journey, mm-hmm. kind of led me uh, through the doors of uh, one of the meetings. And at the time, there was just one meeting, and there were 80 guys in that meeting. Wow! That wow. kind of Gosh, overwhelming uh, for a meeting, uh, you can imagine. Um, but I, you know, I walk in there and I just I heard my own story. Mm-hmm. It really, uh, it really made a difference in my life. I, uh, you know, I'd struggled for a long time, 
And um, so I got involved in the ministry uh, kind of on the periphery. I was working in high tech. I'd been in high tech since the, uh, oh gosh, I guess the late 80s, uh, early 90s. And uh, But that was sort of my journey at that time and uh, found, uh, you know, found recovery. Mm. And uh, it just sort of had a Im- big impact on my life. And then, so the program uh, for me was a lifesaver, saved my marriage, uh, mm-hmm. saved my life. At least that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And then uh, we kind of uh, kind of fast forward a little bit, and um, there were some changes in the ministry, and they needed somebody to take over in 2006, and I felt God kind of leading me in that direction. And simultaneously, God <laughs> said, "Well, I really would like it if you'd." Uh, you do uh, something more that's you know, got some got some teeth to it, some credential to it. Because at the time, I'm you know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy who is working in in, a, in the business world. So yeah. I decided to, to go get my graduate master's degree in in counseling, which is a requirement here in the state of Washington to be a counselor. I took over Prodigals in uh, late 2006 and. Uh, been uh, doing a combination of running the ministry, which has, you know, blossomed from that one original group uh, back in the early 2000s to uh, I think we're up to at least 20 groups. So it's been it's been a it's been a it's been a journey. You know, Fantastic. we've got men's groups. We have a, we have women's material as well. The curriculum developed over that time really became kind of more much more solid uh, as we redeveloped the curriculum and. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey for me, and so. Now, was your when when Nate was showing us uh, the curriculum? It is uh, this is intense to say the least. <laughs> I mean, this is like you, you're serious about recovery. That's a good word. Uh, so, was it always that way, or did it grow into that? Well, I think what what the guys that originally and, and, and you know I was sort of as I said on the periphery at the early beginnings of the ministry, the curriculum hadn't uh, had, was in a, in a much different form back then. But it it really started as last last house on the block, and I think it actually says that in the materials. It does, right? yeah. Uh, because so many of the guys in the other you doing the other programs or doing men's groups or doing you know, church men's groups or, you know, whatever it might be, just never, they didn't have continued success. They didn't, they didn't feel joy. They didn't feel a freedom. And so, and one of the things that the, the original founders of the group learned is that sexaholics, um, sex addicts, anonymous, those uh, secular groups, they, they just didn't have the accountability model that, um, and so that's where we started. We started with a, a very rigid accountability model, you know, uh, making phone calls on a daily basis to check in. Uh, that was that's one of the things that's very different from sort of more the more secular model of twelve step for this type of recovery. Um, you know that those kinds of recovery model, and I see this often because I work with a lot of guys that are in secular groups, they just don't have that accountability. They don't have that level of uh, building authenticity and fellowship with another individual. And Mm -hmm. that has been a key differentiator. But it also gets really hard because, you know, if a guy's not going to do the work and a guy, and you've got, we call them mentors, 
uh, it's a little different. We you know, call them sponsors, we call them mentors. If a mentor doesn't feel like the guy is really putting an effort in and continues to slip and continues to have failures or isn't doing his homework or isn't checking in properly, at some point the mentor has the, you know, says, hey, you know, you can either do this or not. I, I'm giving my time. Can you can you step up? And that's sort of how it developed. Um, that did become more refined over time. You have to add an, an element of grace that's part of that as well because you just don't want it to be a pound over the head. You know, you're bad. It's not intended to be that way. It's intended to be a loving, caring, compassionate, hey, you, you can step up. You can do this. You just need to make a commitment. And that's really what's been asked for in this program. Nate, yeah. I know you, you had some questions because in those that are in Samson groups know that uh, one of the three main components is having a Silas. Yeah. Making that daily phone call uh, where you're <clears throat> talking about what you are doing, what you're thinking of doing, what you're feeling, and what you're – I went in the wrong order now. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> what you're feeling, <laughs> what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're thinking right. and what you're thinking of doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Nate, you were seeing some, some good uh, coaching – for guys yeah. making that call, what are what are some of the things that came up for you looking at this material? Yeah, I, I've got to say I was so impressed uh, by this material. I've seen an awful lot of recovery stuff, and when it comes to uh, you know hardcore twelve step uh, Christian recovery material, this is by far and away the best stuff I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, I I really. Uh, uh, appreciate the level of commitment that, first of all, uh, uh, the humility with which this material is presented. In the front end, they say, hey, we're not, this isn't the only way to do recovery. There are a lot of other great programs out there. Uh, don't make this, uh, we're not the be all, end all. Uh, and, the, and it actually gives a list of all kinds of other resources and other groups. Uh, and then basically the message I got was, <laughs> this is the last house on the block. If that stuff doesn't work, come here, um, which is a very gracious uh, and humble way to approach it. But at the same time, it asks the, uh, the, the novice, whoever's – I don't know your terminology, Steve, for the guy who's coming in. The mentee. Uh, the mentee. Okay. It, asks, it, it tells the mentee up front. I, I love it. There's four weeks spent on step zero. Yeah, so yep. on the website. Yeah, okay. So uh, here, uh, here's what's going to be expected of you, and you have to know what you're signing up for. You are committing uh, to what's going to amount to an hour a day of work, a daily phone call yeah. that you will be expected to make, uh, a weekly meeting that you will be expected to make. Um, there is a 90-day scorched earth uh <laughs> Uh, period in the beginning where we're pretty much shutting everything else down and going hard at it to get you those first 90 days, which are so crucial. And uh, it's high demand. And if you're married, your wife needs to understand uh, that this is going to take priority. And um, so anyway, so terrific stuff there. I love there's a nice substantial uh, workbook for the mentee. There's even a thicker one for the mentor. Yeah. Uh, good direction for the mentor. I, I tell you what, I feel a great sense of relief because Samson guys have been asking me for several years to create materials for Silas, uh, for, for a man and his Silas, to help them right. work together. And I've, I've just labeled, labored under 
uh, the burden of knowing that we needed those materials and feeling a sense of responsibility that it's got to be up to me to create them. I no longer feel that obligation. Uh, it's been done. Uh, and this is just fabulous stuff. So anyway, um, uh, not only that, so there's a, there is – there's a manual and direction for the mentor so that before he has his weekly meeting with his mentee, we know what is uh, – how to evaluate where the guy is so far, what the key points are for this week. Uh, you make a key point not to stick slavishly to a timeline. Uh, yeah. if, if a guy's really working hard and making good progress, uh, it's all right to go ahead. If he's struggling with the concept, it's all right to slow down. It takes what it takes, but make sure that you don't move on to the next step until a guy has uh, done some solid work and has gained uh, the essentials of the step he's on. There's also a fantastic 52-week uh, meeting guide with uh, the key teaching point for each meeting, with supplemental materials on a CD. You guys should see Nate digging through the oh, all the books. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there is a training book for the leaders. So, uh, so you're not sending mentors in cold. And then here's what I'm really thrilled about, because, uh, and I'm thrilled about this stuff, but uh, um, I hear women I have guys asking on behalf of their wives and wives asking on their own behalf, what is there for us? And uh, so the guys program is called Homecoming. It's built around the image of the prodigal son coming home. There is a parallel program for wives called Partners in Process uh, with workbook for the mentee, uh, resources, and guidance for the mentors, meeting guide, uh, and wonderful codependency stuff that helps a wife focus on her own issues and not get all tangled up in what her husband's doing. Mm -hmm. What fantastic stuff. I, I um, Yeah, hey, Steve, can I, I want to ask a couple of questions actually about, yeah. about wives. Yeah. Um, not all sex addicts are guys. This is true. So... Is are the is the material gender neutral? So if the wife is the addict, can she do the homecoming program and the husband do the? Uh, I can't read the book upside down. Uh, partners in process. Partners in process. Yeah. Or is it is it gender yeah, specific? We we didn't ever write it with that intent. Um, okay. I have heard anecdotally uh, of women using it, but. Um, you know, I know there's demand for a program for women. Uh, we we get calls, emails about that, um, but uh, have not uh, not at this point made okay. a program specifically for female sex addicts. So, so, so it is designed. Then it is designed for, like specifically for men and their wives. Correct. Okay. Got Correct. It. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, I have this suspicion that God's got somebody writing that other one. <laughs> right. Uh, right? We don't all have to do Absolutely. everything, right? Yeah. Right. Nate Larkin. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, and then the, the other question yeah. about, um, because like, I'm not kidding, guys. This is, I'm looking at it, it's probably, what, 400 pages worth of material? Oh, yeah. If, if, if not more. Um, and it's, it is robust, it is intense, and it is a commitment um, do wives have to commit for their husbands to do the program? 
Or if the wife says, you know what, that's your thing, you do it, and she's not interested, can the husband still be part of the homecoming program? Sure. And, you know, the reality is we don't we don't make that a requirement okay. for a guy to get into the program. It's ideal, obviously, um, because sure. that's where we see marriages repaired and reconciled as a counselor and somebody who works with uh, addicts on a daily basis. Um, those are the marriages that we see that actually um, you see, um, you know, the, op- the the possibility of reconciliation if there's right. some significant behaviors that have happened. But uh, it, I would, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a number. I mean, I, I've, I've worked in this field now for seven or eight years in the counseling, from a counseling perspective, and typically the wives in involvement's about, I'm, I'm going to say 20%, uh, if that, uh, where the partner just says, it's your issue, it's your problem, you deal with it. And sure. There tends to be no connection there between the wife and the program that the husband's you know, working through. Now, I'm, huh. I'm thinking of... Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of, of guys listening right now, uh, many of whom would say, all right, I'm, I, I struggle, like all guys struggle, um, but... I'm not. I'm not at a place where I need to be in a program like that's 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 for really messed up people. Uh, I don't think there has been a very good grid that's put out there to say, well, actually, here's here's the people that a program is good for. How would you define for a person when they really ought to be in a program? Anytime that the behavior is causing them some type of conflict, and whether that's on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, obviously, uh, weekly or daily basis, but even if it's, if it's monthly or even, even every few months, if that behavior uh, shows itself and there are, you know, there's, there's a pattern that can be established or some type of irregular behavior that occurs there and there, and there's, you know, we call it a cycle, right? And if, if you, if you get into a cycle and you, you are uh, you know, doing that particular behavior, and you, when you're when you are done, you are in a place of shame and despair. And you can pretty much guess that that's probably problematic for you, uh, and it causes um, a disconnect and a discord in in a relationship because it's a hidden behavior, and it's so it's really it's hard to say. You know, well, if you if you're uh, you know, looking at pornography uh, once a week, then you're an addict. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it really is, it, it really comes down to the individual. Um, How the do you individual and the, and, the, and the pain. And the question is, do they actually grasp the pain that, that they're experiencing and the pain that they're, they're numbing? And typically it, it takes a while for the, a guy to actually... How do, you, how do you battle the stigma that the second I say, yes, I'll be in a program... I am now categorically a sex addict, which is a a shaming name for many guys. I mean, if you if we could pick a new name like yeah, I go to a program. I'm uh, in a program for special agents, for secret <laughs> agents, right? I'd be like, hey, now I'm super cool for going to a program. Or, or pirate monks might work. <laughs> That's right. So so how do you deal with a, a person who? doesn't want to take the first step. Maybe they should, but they don't want to take the first step because now they are categorically identified as one of this group. Yeah, that's a, I, I would say that's a question I get 
uh, somewhat regularly. It's it's hard to identify and and say, well, you know, I'm a sex and love addict, which is is what uh, we ask the guys in the homecoming group. Um, and some guys will modify that, and some won't say it at all. And uh, we don't require that. Um, it's it's more to just uh, remind uh, remind them that. Uh, they're sitting here for a reason. They're sitting here because something in their life was out of control. Something in their life was causing pain to others, was causing misery, betrayal. Um, and uh, if you get to a place low enough, enough a low enough place uh, where you're in a, you're hurting, you, you know, you're willing to do whatever it takes. And so that's really, and I, I think just from my own personal standpoint, you know, I didn't like that. I didn't like the label. I don't like labels. And a lot of addicts do not like labels. Uh, they don't like to be categorized. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> if we forget about it or if we try to minimize it or, or say, it, you know, well, I don't really have this problem, you know, that, that's what gets us in trouble. Right. That brings us to step one, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is probably a good time for your caveat for all listeners that uh, feel uncomfortable with addiction conversation, saying, I'm, I don't like this word addiction because it's minimizing that this is a sin problem, to which Nate Larkin often says, Addiction is a sickness caused by sin, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, now, uh, Steve, you all, uh, in addition to doing the... the uh, the groups, the weekly groups, and and what's the distribution of the groups geographically so far by now? Well, we have a, a number of groups here in the state of Washington. <clears throat> um, we have a large number of groups up in Calgary, Canada, mm-hmm. of all places. Uh, we kind of found a base up there. We have a, um, a, a large number of groups up in Alaska as well, and then we have sort of a dispersion of groups in Texas and Oklahoma and Indiana and and so you know, kind of smattering of groups outside the state of Washington uh, so yeah I will tell you that in our Samson group here in Franklin Tennessee the original Samson group um, a group of guys decided several months ago uh, that they wanted to embark on a step study hmm. and so they're a subgroup of our Samson meeting they're still a part of Samson, but they're working this 12-step thing. But they have been doing it kind of fly by, uh, flying by the seat of their pants. Um, and so I was very, very excited to introduce them to this material because I think it's exactly what those guys uh, are looking for and what they need in order to do a really uh, you know, first-class job of taking those 12 steps and taking them thoroughly and taking them well. Um, if any of our listeners uh, want to get their hands on these materials, what should they do, Steve? So we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have the uh, materials available uh, through Amazon. But the easiest way to see the whole breadth of our materials is to go to our website, which is www.prodigalsinternational.org. Uh, one one big long word there, prodigals international.org and uh, right on the homepage you'll see a link for Amazon and just click on that link and then you can see our materials uh, so both of the women's partners in process as well as our men's homecoming program materials and you guys do uh, conferences as well tell us about what's coming up well we're excited to have you coming 
to see us in Seattle. Um, our next conference is on Saturday, February 25th, 2015. And uh, we've uh, we've been hosting conference. This will be our third conference, our third annual conference. It's called Higher Ground uh, is the name of the conference, and it's uh, specifically for men. Um, it's uh, it's not an addictions-focused conference. It is a f- conference focused on integrity and purity. Uh, there is a an aspect of uh, uh, of the of the you know, talking about issues of sexuality, of course, and we will have breakouts for that. Uh, but uh, we have uh, we've done the conference the last two years. You know, almost uh, between 450 500 men attending the conference, wow. and uh, it's an all day conference. Uh, uh, and twenty, I think we had twenty-three breakout speakers this last uh, February. Wow! So we have a breadth across the whole spectrum uh, of uh, spiritual, social, and sexual. Yeah. So that's the you know, sort of those three categories. We also focus on teens as well. So we have a whole breakout track just for teens. We also have teens and dads uh, um, tracks as, as well. So. We're really trying to get men to step up, but we're not trying to pound them over the head and say that they're addicts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. That's not what it's about. It's really about exposure, and what that's done is really, um, you know, our groups may not be the solution. So we we want to talk about all the solutions that are out there available for individuals that may or may not struggle, but have a problem. Maybe the problem has an impact on their marriage, on their relationship with their children. It just gives the dial. It opens the dialogue, and it creates an opportunity for really talking about what what it is that uh, men have challenges with. And it's not just about pornography. It's not just about the sexual issues. It's about the cross crossing the chasm between you know, that exists between men and trying to break down those barriers. And so all of our speakers kind of focus on that perspective, what it means to be a Christian man in this particular culture, especially in this particular community, and what it's like. A very unchurched community up here, as you probably are aware, in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. So it gives men a chance to come together and, and really um, forge bonds. And uh, it's been uh, it's been wonderful. Well, I'm really looking forward to joining you. Uh, I'm interested, especially interested, to find out what you're doing with and for teens. That's another uh, issue that, I, I mean, I, we just get inquiries from that all the time. What can you do to help us with teens? And Samson really sure. is not designed to do much there. Yeah. And, and, neither is our, yeah, and neither is our program materials. They really aren't designed for teens. If I get contacted by, by teens, you know, I would not recommend a prodigal's group. It's just not meant for for, uh, you know, some uh, an adolescents. Um, typically, I always uh, do counseling, right? So uh, as, mm-hmm. a, as a licensed mental health counselor and a certified sex addiction therapist, most of my, my work is directly with the teens. And that's about the level you can work with teens that are struggling. But there's a, I will say, uh, you know, the, the word tsunami out there, there is yes. a tsunami. And uh, a lot of this has been normalized in our culture, and a lot of kids are, are, are getting caught up in it. And so, you know, there is an incredible number of adolescent uh, porn addicts. Yes. And you yes. know this, and I know this. And so hopefully, you know, we'll start to see more and more uh, written about it, more materials out there. There's not, there is just, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will pray in that direction. We will pray for Prodigals International. So grateful uh, that you reached out, uh, and uh, contacted me because I was 
blissfully ignorant of your existence. And just I, I can't tell you how encouraged I am yeah. to, to know what you're doing, to see the level of what you're doing, to see what God is doing through you uh, out there in Seattle. And, and uh, it's a great reminder that we are part of a body. And there is a head directing everything. There is coordination, and his purposes will come to pass. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks. I reach okay. out Thank to my brother. I will take his outstretched hand. If I'm to travel much further in a dark and dreary land I will need to recover my strength to stand So welcome back. What a great conversation with Steve Dulaney. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to meet people that have such... Uh, not just similar hearts for ministry, but some of the styles, some of the things that yeah. are core values for yeah, yeah, them yeah. are so similar to yours. So that was that was great. I can't wait to see those books that are in your hands. Yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I mean those books. I need you to send those to me. <laughs> so. I ain't parting with them, buddy. <laughs> so another week is done. Yeah. That quick. And hey, I want to mention real quickly... Um, with Prodigals International, because it's, I mean, it sounds, I mean, and the material is, you know, like it's a lot of material. Anybody can start a Prodigals International group or start a homecoming group. It sounds like if it, you yeah. order the material, yeah, you can start your own group just like you're fully authorized to start a Samson group. Yeah. That's the impression I got from Steve and from just flipping through this is that yeah. they don't have to, like, if you want to start a group in Nashville or Jackson, Mississippi or Knoxville or wherever, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. can. You just buy the buy the material. Yeah. Start a group. Yeah. That's yeah, what it, yeah. that's what it Ooh. sounds like. Yeah. 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 Except I do think check page one again. I'm pretty sure Jackson, Mississippi is not allowed. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but everywhere else. Everywhere else is good. It is. It's, it is. It is right, right it's actually there. in the statement yeah. of faith at the beginning. Of the book. <laughs> Sorry, yep. Jackson. Right we there. love you. Jackson, I don't know Mississippi. What's up. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, good call. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Come to Facebook. Give us some likes. We slowed down this week uh, with with connecting with new people. Let me see. I'm going to make sure I get the the right address I'm giving you. It is uh, facebook.com forward slash pirate monk radio. Come, come join us. And uh, I am still waiting for someone to ask some kind of question. Uh, you can ask it to any of us, but particularly Nate. Let's let's find a question that really, you know, we learned something new. So log on, do that. You can give us messages through Facebook, uh, or you can write us. Just let's give them one Gmail address. If you want to write us by email, go to samsonpodcast at gmail.com. Samsonpodcast at gmail.com. And from Nate and Mondo and Newton and, of course, Aaron. Goodbye, and we will see you next week. Here